0: Welcome to another episode of About Mansfield. I'm Steve Casillo, broadcasting from the Cellmark Studios. Colleen Daniel is here, always socially distancing from home, along with the About Mansfield news team. This is episode 65. We thank you for being here. Coming up on this episode, is Mansfield news and weather for the upcoming
1: week. And don't forget the trivia question of the week for a $25 gift card to Big D Barbecue. Let's take a look at the stories we're covering this week.
2: This week, the COVID-19 epidemic apparently continues its decline in mansfield
1: council candidate takes
0: heat over the timing of her residency Health, finances, and streets are addressed during a moment with the mayor.
1: Mansfield Chamber receives recognition from the U.S. Chamber.
0: Downtown businessman gives an inside look at his latest business offering.
3: In this week's Cocktail of the Week segment, we'll be talking about a cocktail whose origins date back to the first century.
1: Alexa has our seven-day weather forecast, and Steve goes in-depth in part two of his interview with Mansfield resident Sarah Zink. We are Mansfield's only source for news talk and information. This is about Mansfield.
4: Paid political led by the Vaughn Wynne-Jones campaign. Hello, my name is Vaughn Wynne-Jones. I came to the U.S. from the U.K. back in 1990. I've lived, worked, and watched as things have changed here over the last 30 years. In the past few years, I started to hear the words, if you don't like it, go home, directed at myself and others. So I became a U.S. citizen to better invest in what I feel is my home. Serving in the State Guard and working as an EMT taught me we face many challenges as a people. And yet there are many ways we can work together to bring about positive changes and usher in a new age of opportunity for everyone. So now I'm running for City Council, Place 4, in beautiful Mansfield, Texas, my home for the last 18 years. There's a lot of great things about this city, and yet there's still a lot more we can do to serve each other during these challenging times. So please, let's help each other make our community stronger. Come join us at helpmansfieldthrive.org. That's HelpMansfieldThrive.org. Thank you for listening. I'm Vaughn jones and I'm not a cat.
0: Hey, it's Steve Casillo. I want to take a second to tell you about Podcast Mansfield Recording Studio. It's where we record and produce our weekly About Mansfield episodes. Podcast Mansfield is a full-service studio with recording, editing, mixing, and mastering capabilities, and can even help market your podcast. Podcast Mansfield is home to such great local shows, such as Ask Philip, the Face Off Spot and Daughter of the Other Woman, just to name a few, and handles post production duties for remote clients such as Coaching Through Chaos out of San Diego and Military Resource Radio from Detroit. So, whether you're a hands on person who just needs a place to record your podcast or need the help from concept to completion, Podcast Mansfield is there to help. Conveniently located on Heritage Parkway, just off of 287 in Mansfield, for more information on starting your podcast or if you're looking Looking for a better place to record, Podcast Mansfield Recording Studio can be found on the Internet at PodcastMansfield.com. That's PodcastMansfield.com.
5: Business owners, have you thought about growing your business through social media but don't know where to start? Never fear. I'm Sonia Salazar and Wise Media Group is here offering coaching for do it yourself social media marketing or we can do it for you. We have packages for every budget. Wise Media Group specializes in organic Facebook and Instagram growth. Let's get Mansfield businesses connected in 2021. Give us a call for a free 30-minute consultation at 817 817- That's 817-913-2989. Or find us on social media at Wise Media Group. That's Wise, W-Y-S-E, Media Group on Facebook and Instagram wise media group helping you make wise social media marketing decisions in 2021
1: hi i'm teronda hillman and you're listening to about mansfield welcome back to about mansfield this portion of the news is brought to you by ohana screen printing
0: the covid 19 epidemic continues to decline in mansfield with the good news roving science reporter dennis webb keeps
2: us up to date Dennis, thanks, Steve. On Monday, March 22nd, Tarrant County reported that 7,032 Mansfieldians had caught the virus, 6,697 had recovered, and 128 had died from the virus since the start a year ago. We had 36 new cases this past week, our ninth week of decline in this indicator. The county estimates we are now now have about 335 active cases, also lower than in recent weeks. Active cases are the number of fellow citizens who could pass the virus to another person if both are not following county-recommended protective measures. We had five new COVID-19 deaths in Mansfield this past week, about the same as recent weeks, and well below our record high of 15 one week in January. This low but stubbornly steady fatality rate is concerning because Mansfield saw much fewer weekly deaths all last year until we got to November. We were getting none some weeks, one and two in, in in other weeks. Tarrant County has seen a similar recent stubborn plateau, but I have not heard an explanation. With the other encouraging trends, we might have hoped to see both decline fatalities in Mansfield and Tarrant County. Said another way, in the 11 weeks of 2021, we have seen 66 fellow Mansfield citizens die from the virus, an average of six each week. Mansfield ISD reports 25 active cases among students and six among staff, a decrease from last week and a also a good trend. Mansfield Methodist reports a decline in COVID patients to 34, down from a peak of 152 in January. Six of these current 34 hospitalized persons are in the ICU, down from 29 in January. Neither of the other two hospitals report any COVID patients. Looking at the county wide numbers for context, most of Tarrant County's epidemic indicators continue to improve. We saw a small increase in weekly fatalities to 113, that's wide only a bit below our highest numbers in January and February but still above the numbers we saw in November county-wide hospitalization with the virus has continued its rapid decline with last week's average of 244 citizens in a hospital bed with the virus the lowest hospitalization we have seen since last September Darren County reports 8 percent of eligible county residents have received their last immunization shot that's one percent over the week before steady progress but still suggesting we are a long way to herd immunity. Our county judge, Glenn Whitley, encourages all citizens to register to get vaccinated. Governor Abbott recommends that we get vaccinated and continue the mass distance, hand wash, avoid crowds if you can until the numbers get a lot better. The Centers for Disease Control still recommend taking the precautions, though a group of people who have been vaccinated and wait the recommended time after the last shot can gather indoors. From the Science Desk at About Mansfield, I'm Dennis Webb. Mansfield
0: residents took to the City Council Chamber Chambers on Monday night to address the issue of whether city council candidate Christy K. Moore is eligible to run for office or not. During citizen comment, Mansfield resident Karen Self sets the scene. The
6: first concern is on the application for city council. This is where she swore in a notarized legal document indicating that she resided in Mansfield since January of 2020. However, she owned a home in Cedar Hill, 15 miles away. And that house was sold in June of 2020.
0: One of the requirements for running for city council is that the candidate must reside within city limits for a minimum of 12 months.
6: After several attempts to get her residency clarified, she encouraged people to come to a political event one night and that she would address that issue. At this event, she told those attending that she lived in her funeral home in Mansfield from January 2020 to June 2020. Her explanation was that many funeral homes across the country have the funeral director living on site. That may be the case, but here in Mansfield, that's not an option as that funeral home is zoned, um, not zoned for residential. Daryl
0: Perez used to own the funeral home prior to selling it to Candidate Moore in 2016.
3: In light of what's now transpired, I felt compelled to speak when I read that Christy stated that she lived at the funeral home from January to June and that 90% of funeral homes are built with living quarters. Though the 90% statistic seems a little high to me, I can tell you that the funeral home she was living at was not designed with any living quarters, and utilizing the facility to conduct business in and live in would have been very challenging, especially considering the number of services that she had in the first quarter. Christy K. Moore defends her actions.
5: I have been raised not to call a person a liar, but what I can say is what has been said about me is not the truth. There have been so many things said that attempt to subvert the the vote. However, let me reassure the council, that I have not committed voter fraud and all of my business affairs are in order. To remain diligent and to maintain transparency, I requested a call from the city secretary. I discussed my residency with the city secretary and was told I met the standard of of residency and to proceed with the application if I chose to do so. Mayor
0: Michael Evans brought it home with the final word.
7: City council cannot do anything in regard to this matter. Voters vote. Uh, City attorneys made it clear to us that that is the case. Voters will
0: have their say on election day, Saturday, May 1st. Mansfield City Council held a regularly scheduled meeting on Monday evening, and with here uh, the follow up and the the recap is we call this a moment with the mayor. Mister Michael Evans is in the studio. The following opinions are those of Michael Evans and may not necessarily reflect those of the Mansfield City Council. Good morning, Mister Mister Evans. Welcome.
7: Good morning, Steve. Thank you for having
0: me today. I'm a little tongue tied. It's uh, <laughs> it's it's early. I don't feel but bad. Thank you. Let's talk about the the council meeting that happened Monday night, and after yes. a. Uh, a lengthy uh, citizen's comment. We uh, we finally got into the, the nuts and bolts of the agenda. On the agenda, I noticed there are uh, some changes coming to code compliance.
7: Uh, there are, yes. Steve, Mansfield is growing. Mansfield continues to grow. And uh, I think that day was reflected uh, on our agenda on yesterday. Uh, for example, yeah, there are possible changes uh, that are coming about to our code compliance. But yeah, I do believe that those are changes coming. Uh, because what we heard uh, yesterday was we heard from our, our code compliance staff on a possible program for the city to actually inspect uh, single family and multi family rental properties. And uh, what's important about that is we simply want to protect uh, the consumer. We also want to uh, make sure that that people who live close to those properties are assured that uh, they're going to be held at a certain standard of cleanliness mm-hmm. and otherwise. And then also, uh, we know that uh, oftentimes when people live in rental properties, they need uh, someone to protect them as well from said landowners. We believe that most of the people who own these properties are just top-of-the-notch great folks. But then you do have some who may uh, take advantage of those who have bad credit and otherwise. So, uh, we just kind of want to go in there and make sure that the, the trash is picked up, make sure that uh, the building not falling down. So, sure. uh, that's, uh, that's what we hope to do uh, in the future.
0: So, it's in the talk
7: stage. It is, it is, because you've got to work out what is enforcement going to look like and otherwise, because then at the same time, we don't want to uh, experience or be a part of government overreach either. Right. So, uh, we're going to work to try to find that fine line, that balance, in order to make this happen. Also
0: in the talk stage, I noticed this last night, was uh, the possibility of a city health department. Can
7: you believe that? That would be uh, awesome. Yeah, in in Mansfield, Texas, uh, you know, we continue to tell people that Mansfield is growing and uh, and we are. So uh, yeah, we are uh, uh, in in the process of establishing a city health department to conduct restaurant and other health inspections in the city. I, I don't know if you know this or if our listeners know this, but currently uh, the Tarrant County Health Department serves as the city's health department right now. And Tarrant County inspects restaurants and, and other food establishments twice a, a year. So uh, the council has asked the staff to examine staffing in relations to these programs. And and we're going to, again, review that uh, in the coming days. So yeah, we got a lot going on.
0: There was a presentation last night about the finances of the city, and, and how did that go?
7: You know what? It went really well. And uh, what we continue to, to see uh, as residents here in Mansfield is that uh, we've got some good people uh, handling the money uh, in regard to uh, stewards. Of course, you know the city council, we have fiduciary responsibilities in that regard as well. And uh, we received a detailed report uh, from the uh, firm of uh, BKD, and uh, they just stated that the city of Mansfield received a clean audit. And um, that's important when we, as a city, are looking at uh, uh, gaining funds for streets, infrastructure, and, and otherwise. And not just that, but our credit rating uh, is is high in a tip-top condition, and uh, we are happy about that. We anticipated everything being all right, but it's good to <laughs> bring somebody from the outside to kind of give you a well, heads up.
0: And, and let's talk about the streets, because we yes. the possibility of uh, some some Tarrant County bonds coming up, and uh, streets being repaired, and and some new streets, possibly. What's going on with that?
7: You you know, we we also received a presentation from the Assistant Director of Public Works, uh, David Bosky. Uh, David and his team are doing an outstanding job. And what what we looked at uh, through the subcommittee uh, was a, a detailed uh, report of some of the possible projects that could be considered uh, for the upcoming Tarrant County bond election. Uh, we know that the uh, county is uh, uh, in the future, going out for a bond. And we're talking about hundreds of millions of dollars. And, um, you know, as taxpayers, uh, those of us who live here in Mansfield, we want to make sure that uh, we get our fair share. Uh, those monies, those dollars, rather, excuse me, will be used in uh, uh, constructing uh, uh, streets, uh, thoroughfares, uh, also in uh, the rehabbing of our infrastructure. One of the things that, that we don't want to happen is for uh, our City to grow and, 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 and our uh, uh, construction of, the, of streets, gutters, sidewalks, that that lags behind. Because right. we've learned that um, from other case studies, that if you get behind on building uh, your, your streets, get behind on, on keeping your streets repaired, it's going to be a terrible thing. So we're, we're, again, trying to get out in front of it. And uh, I appreciate the uh, foresight of our, our staff in that regard.
0: One of my favorite projects that I've been through in... And I'm happy to be part of Class One. Is that this, the council recognized last night the graduation of Class One of Mansfield My University? And uh, thank you for uh, for recognizing the class.
7: Well, let me tell you something. Uh, we are excited about uh, that program because you you, you learn uh, really about the nuts and bolts of the city. I, I, I like to say it like this: for those who for those who got involved in that particular program, uh, you you were like uh, in a restaurant. Uh, but you weren't just the, the patrons sitting, waiting on someone to bring you your meal. You went to the kitchen, yeah. so to speak, just to see how the meal how the meal was put together, how the meal was made. And uh, one of the things that, uh, Steve, that we heard from, from each and every one of your fellow classmates is that they had no idea uh, about the uh, very hard work that staff is doing. And uh, you, you got to see the machinations of the city itself. So uh, we congratulate each and every one of you for your hard work and- dedication. And please give me the opportunity to uh, invite others uh, to uh, to sign up for these classes. We want to make sure that uh, people really get a good understanding as to how the city works, whether it's from the Parks Department, uh, you all had an opportunity to go to the water treatment plant. Oh, that was wonderful! Listen, we we treat our water and 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 we filter our water uh, uh, better than Ozarka does, you know. So <laughs> uh, people can save a whole lot of money on all that bottled water if they really knew uh, what we were doing at that water treatment plant. And you all had a chance to see that during the uh, uh, snowmageddon, uh, where everybody else, uh, the municipalities around us, uh, they uh, you know they had to boil their water and all that. But you all had a chance to see uh, the tip-top uh, shape that our uh, treatment system is in. And uh, you, listen, we get to celebrate who we are in Mansfield, and y'all were a part of that. Yeah, my,
0: my university, I was not aware of this. I knew it was, a, it was a nine-week course. It happens every Wednesday night for nine weeks. And there is a service project, w- w- which we were in, involved with. But what I didn't realize until it was mentioned last night is that we learned about 27 different departments in 9 weeks. Yeah. And it's pretty intense, but it's a great opportunity to really get to know the city and how it operates and and for those who are interested, they will be doing sign-ups in May for the next for class number 2 and and Bernadette who is in charge of the the program she will be a guest here on about Mansfield in mid May about the time uh, Excellent. And, yeah
7: she'll be sitting right there in that seat that you're sitting in well yeah. you know again uh, you all have the opportunity not only to learn about the mechanisms of the city sure. but uh, you also discover that we have over 500 city employees yeah think about that 500. So, uh, yeah, I, I hope that more people get involved in that. Mr. Mayor, we'll see you in two weeks. All right. I'll see you then. It's been a moment with
0: the mayor on About Mansfield. Earlier this month, the United States Chamber of Commerce awarded and has accredited the Mansfield Area Chamber of Commerce a three star uh, accreditation. And with us on the phone is the President and CEO of the Mansfield Area Chamber of Commerce, Lori Williams. Welcome.
8: Thank you very much.
0: Tell us what this means, uh, what the accreditation means for the Chamber of Commerce, and then overall what this means for the city of Mansfield.
8: The chamber, it means several things. Number one, it means that, uh, just to put it bluntly, we got our act together. (laughs) So it means that uh, we have gone through and they have given us a stamp of approval on every facet of what we do, as far as our practices, our programs, our procedures, everything. Um, It's going through the processes like I don't know, it's kind of like going through an MRI. They look at every little thing. So in that sense, it means that no matter what happens, we almost have this blueprint that can be used. So everything is consolidated in one place. So for the chamber itself, that's, that's a very positive thing. For members, it also is, is kind of a stamp that, yes, we know that what we're doing and, and, and the way it's being managed and run and organized, that everything is, is up to par. For the city, what it means to have a chamber accredited, it literally just is like a stamp of approval. It means that, yes, everything is sound and solid, which is good. It's a positive thing.
0: So, the Mansfield Area Chamber has received a three-star accreditation. What would it take to get to a five-star accreditation?
8: The things that would get us to a five-star accreditation would entail literally that we would need growth. So, we would need growth within the chamber. We're poised for it. We're set set for it. But in order to get to those five stars, the things that we would need to do actually requires more staff, uh, and it requires more revenue, more members, but we're definitely on our our way to that five-star. That is the highest accreditation that you can get.
0: How many chambers are there in the United States, and how many actually are accredited?
8: There's like 7,000, roughly 7,000 chambers in the U.S. Only 190 are accredited, and there are 38 accredited chambers in the state of Texas, which were one of those 38. And it's good. The, the status is good for five years. And then in five years, you have to reapply. And so they do give you things. And like I said, the things that I just mentioned, they give you things that, you know, to try to, to get you to the four-star or the five-star level. And usually, like I said, it, it requires, you know, it requires you got to have certain people in positions doing things. And so those things, in order to get to that level, you've got to grow within your membership and in your revenues in order to do those types of things. But we're very, very proud of it. Uh, to me, uh, having that stamp of approval from the U.S. Chamber just—it just solidifies what we do, and that we're doing the right things, and that someone outside of us, um, who's been doing it since the 1700s, <laughs> wow. uh, has said, you know, hey, you guys, you're on the right path. So uh, I'm very excited about it.
0: The topic of the lumber yard came back to city council a couple of weeks ago. And with us on the phone is the owner of the lumber yard. You've got uh, Mansfield pretty excited about bringing life or at least a little more life back to downtown. Shane Farrar, uh, for the listeners who don't know what the, the lumber yard is, uh, what's in a nutshell, what is the lumber yard? What's the concept?
9: It's an open-air concept with uh, fun and games on the outside in the courtyard. And then we'll we'll own a bar inside the building, and we'll be leasing to a local um, sandwich shop that builds mostly Philadelphia cheesesteaks. And then we've got three or four spots where we could bring in food trucks. Our main goal is to get the kids. If we can get the kids down there playing life-size checkers and a big foosball table that's the size of a ping-pong table where you got three people on each side, we're we're looking forward to doing like cornhole washers. Anything get the kids. If the kids will beg for parents to go down there, then we don't have to worry about the parents. They'll they'll make themselves at home knowing their kids are on the property while they're enjoying a few drinks or having a sandwich. On the stage we will be letting Justin Frizzell, which is on the morning show between six and ten on ninety five point nine the ranch, he will be choosing the country music that is being played. In the bar and outside in the surround, and he'll also be choosing the different artists that play at different times, along with different festivals that we may have, you know, incorporated in with city of Mansfield activities. In inside that that lumberyard is also going to have a airstream like 27 to 32 foot camper that we're going to totally gut, and it'll it'll have a bar inside of it where you serve on the outside of it. Then we'll also have two um, 20 foot containers. The side will have a drawbridge, and that will fold out towards the stage, and that'll that'll have a VIP seating with LED lights, a huge windmill in the in the middle of it, and a 15 foot wide tower about 30 feet tall that'll have a water feature coming out of the bottom of it. Then we'll also have a private room in the back where there's picnic tables, and maybe we can hang up some uh, misters, TVs, and some fans, and just have it as like a banquet banquet room or rent it on special occasions.
0: When do you think the Lumberyard will see its first light of day?
9: I pray it's February 15th. It's a, it's a timing thing, really. We'd like to be able to be open be ready for the picker parade next spring break in 2022.
0: Shane, we uh, we appreciate what you're doing downtown trying our best. A couple of weeks ago, we told you about a story of a deer stuck in a storm drain in a residential neighborhood near Ben Barber School. About Mansfield reporter Stacy Main retells the story in a production piece that she created, using just the voices of those involved in the rescue.
10: About 7.30, I heard a bird hit my window, so I, I came out to check on the bird, and I actually seen the bird on the ground, and then the deer in the drain. <laughs> the deer was stuck down all the way under the ground, under our house. We know ever had this happen. We've been here for five years. So my husband actually didn't believe me. He asked me to take a picture. So I'm actually freaking out at this time, but I'm taking a picture and calling 911 at the same time because I didn't know who to call. The police officers didn't really believe me, so they thought maybe it was like a dog or something. And so they came out and checked it out herself and actually seeing that there was a deer under the ground.
11: Um, the initial there was some. Doubt that there was actually be a deer in the storm drain. Deer aren't very common in within the city limits, really. So, um, in fact, a lot of comments on the social media were, "I've I've never seen a, a deer in Mansfield." So, but once they got there, we were able to send in a robot, and we actually found. Have a picture of the deer in the there, so they confirm that pretty quickly. Well, on my way there, when I first heard there was a deer, I was I was uh, going about checking my truck, making sure that we had all whatever equipment I could imagine we possibly would need to handle a deer. So
12: I went through, grabbed a few things. Animal control showed up first, and when I got there, I saw where the deer was, and my thought was. I don't want the deer to go any further into this tunnel.
10: He came down and looked and at this time the deer like, maybe halfway up underneath my thing here where you can still see it. About 20 or so feet, 25 feet from the entrance and it makes a 90, 90 degree turn right there. And my fear was that the deer was going to go further into the tunnel where we couldn't see it, where we couldn't get to it. And you can tell it's hurt because it was limited. And um, so at this time it was exhausted too maybe an hour to get out. So the animal control said well I'm going to have to get some help. I was trying to figure out where that tunnel
11: went and that's when I contacted our supervisor over animal control and she had brought up the water department would have a bunch of maps of the tunnels and stuff, and they would be able to tell us where it goes, uh, where it comes out at, and possibly kind of give us some ideas of what we can do.
10: So we made for the water department. The water department showed up.
11: After the water department got there, we were actually uh, talking about the pipes and how dangerous sometimes it is to go inside, stuff like that. And so that's when we decided, that's when I decided to go ahead and have uh, the fire department come out as well. We Typically, we want to start from... The easiest to the most complicated, so the first steps were they tried spraying water at it to see if it would move.
10: So then they took a water hose, like a little water gun, under the ground. And the water gun did not work.
11: Then water, the water department sent a robot in to try to
10: bump it. Made it go under the ground and was like tapping on the deer to make it come this direction. Um, but the robot didn't really scare the deer.
11: Uh, the deer kicked the robot over, so we knew that wasn't going to work.
4: I knew that. Eventually
11: the deer was going, I mean, it would have to come out. It would have to get tired of us messing with it and eventually just go the direction that we were wanting it to go to. Or at least that's, I mean, I I was trying, I wanted to say positive about it. I knew at some point we were going to get it. And then the last step was we actually sent firefighters into the tunnel or into the storm drain. Uh, Just because they have the uh, specialized equipment and training to uh, deal with confined spaces and low oxygen area. It takes time to set it up and to do it safely and to get the equipment ready and into the scene and set up and, and ready to go.
10: The chief really didn't want to send his uh, men underground. Um, usually they do that for humans.
11: We, we put our firefighter down a manhole and he had to go about 175 feet till he actually hit the deer the
10: fire department was like shooing him this way and the person was behind him
11: and then push it the rest of the way out it was about 300 feet from the manhole cover to where the, the deer was uh the the end of the the storm drain Wonderful.
12: Basically forced
11: it
0: all the way through uh, to exit the tunnel where it was at, where we were
10: at. The animal control didn't have a tranquilizer, so the deer is not put under. So they're having to like fight with the deer to get him up to safety.
12: It was kind of a steep wall uh, that
11: had a bunch of algae on it, so it was real slick. It tried to run up the steep wall, but it ran into a fence.
10: And he tried to go up under the fence there to get out. We just
11: snared
12: the deer and we uh, and
11: guided it up on the... Uh, on the ledge beside us at the very end when the deer came out there was a firefighter there was Uh, animal control there was water department who had to physically pick up the deer and get it out
10: but luckily they were able to rescue him pulled him up here and then they had to lift him up over my gate take him out and set him free
11: i mean it was a team effort from everybody there
12: we we were all excited that we fired because again it's
11: eight hours in we were excited to finally finally get our get get the deer out
10: i went to go get coffee it was about an hour later i came back and animal control was back out in front of my house and I'm like, okay, well, maybe they forgot something and the deer is over here by my window laying down actually dispatch
11: we had a few people that were calling about the deer that were in the neighborhood. so and, and I guess some somebody had walked beside the deer and spooked the deer. so basically we just decided to go ahead and go back out there and check on the deer and see if, I mean, see if there was a
6: way we could attempt to relocate
10: it. Um, I told my husband, I'm like, well, we're gonna have to cancel the yard guy. I said, the deer's back in my yard. So at that time, they called the game warden. My role
12: in this whole thing was relatively small. I got called after they had already, uh, I guess the fire department had come out and were able to get the deer out of the storm drain. We have a partnership with the city of Arlington's Animal Control, and one of their, uh,
10: officers came out and actually did the tranquilizing for us the guy used a tranquilizer gun he shot the deer once in the back um just to put it down
12: i pulled up about the time that the animal control officers had already put a dart into the deer uh, a sedative and so he
10: just tranquilized it and it gave it about i think about 15 minutes she was a fighter
12: after a little bit of a wait time we were able to go ahead and approach her and uh, get a blindfold over her. That way we could just tie up the legs, make it to where she couldn't really move much.
10: So I was watching everything, making sure the deer was safe. And um, they put him on the back and they kind of just wrapped him up. So whenever we were
12: able to put the blindfold and get her in a spot where, uh, as the animal control officer was tying her up, I was able to kind of feel all the different bones and uh, areas on her lower extremities and everything seemed good. Uh, that was when I knew that she'd be fine to be
10: released. And they said they were to take taking to the woods.
12: Due to chronic wasting d- disease restrictions on moving animals too far, I didn't want to take her outside of her natural home area and risk if she was possibly diseased, moving her to a spot that might not have it. I took her just a short ways down the road to a wooded area and was able to untie her and let her you know wake up from the drugs and off she went big shout out to the acos and the firefighters for you know doing such a good job of getting her out in the first place and then getting her prepared to move because without the sedatives you know <laughs> that makes it a much tougher situation of course the
11: animal control department the water department and uh our, our C-shift was on duty that day. That created a phenomenal job. Yeah, you know, that's it's always in a, sense, a good sense of accomplishment. You, there was a problem, you solved it, and everyone's okay and gets to go home, including the deer. So that's,
0: you know, our, our storybook ending there. Thanks to Stacey Maine for that piece.
1: A cocktail that dates back to the first century? Brian Certain knows all about it and is serving one up right now on the cocktail of the week. Brian.
3: Thanks, Colleen. In this week's segment, I will have to admit that I really questioned myself, do I really need to do this cocktail? Is it really that hard or confusing? The resounding answer was no. However, I found the history of this cocktail so fascinating, and I hope that you will think so too. This week's cocktail of the week is the gin and tonic. Like so many of the classic cocktails that we have talked about up to now, their history is clouded in myth and fables. And the gin and tonic is no exception, but its history dates back not to the 19th century, not to the 18th century, but all the way back to 70 AD. At that time, a physician by the name of Pernadius Discordus published a five-volume encyclopedia about herbal medicine. Within his papers is a detailed description of the use of juniper berries steeped in wine to combat chest ailments. Then we jump almost a thousand years later to the year 1055 and the Benedictine mucks of Salerno, Italy included a recipe for tonic wine infused with juniper berries in their compendium solernita, which was also used for chest ailments. However, the modern version of what we now know as gin came from Holland in the 17th century and then was brought back from Holland to England by soldiers who were returning from fighting the 30 year war. Within a hundred years, due to taxes surrounding other heavily taxed spirits, it's reported that as many as 25% of all households in England were making their own gin, thus the name bathtub gin. This behavior led to a number of other problems because people would often mix dangerous things in their homemade gin like turpentine, sulfuric acid, and sawdust going into their home brews. Some people died from this or were made very ill. The introduction of tonic occurred around 1857 when British soldiers were sent to India in a warmer climate, and they made a tonic out of quinine to help ward off malaria. Fun fact, you would need to drink 67 liters of gin and tonic a day in order to get the dose of quinine sufficient enough to prevent malaria. So don't skimp on your malaria pills, even if you're imbibing in your gin and tonics. But don't worry about taking notes as I'm giving out the ingredients and the instructions. They're always posted on bourbongospel.com. So my version of the gin and tonic. The basis of a good gin and tonic is their two parts tonic to one part gin, which makes a highball glass of balance and beauty. Too much gin and the botanical spirit will overshadow the unique qualities of the tonic. Too much tonic and it will drown out the gin. So here's my version of the G&T. Two ounces of gin. Please use a quality gin, much like Bombay Sapphire, Hendrix, or Aviation. Four ounces of tonic, but don't go cheap here. Experiment, find your favorites. My personal favorite is made from Q mixers, and it is their tonic. And then you're going to have a lime wheel for garnish. So putting it together, you're going to pour the gin into a highball glass full of ice. You're going to add the tonic to top off the glass, keeping your portions in mind, and stir thoroughly. Then you're going to add the lime wheel for garnish. This is a quick and easy two-ingredient cocktail for those hot Texas summers. I look forward to hearing from you and getting your input. You can reach me at bourbongospel at gmail.com. And as Mark Twain says, too much of anything is bad, but too much bourbon is barely enough. Reporting for About Mansfield, I'm Brian Certain.
1: Monday is National Mom and Pop Business Owners Day. Weather-wise, let's see if it's going to be a good day to head downtown to patronize the many locally owned shops, boutiques, and restaurants. Alexa? In Mansfield for the next seven days. Tuesday, 74 degrees Fahrenheit and lots of sun. Wednesday, 77 degrees and partly sunny weather. Thursday, 71 degrees and clouds and showers. Friday, 78 degrees and lots of sun. Saturday, 79 degrees and lots of clouds. Sunday, 73 degrees and intermittent clouds. Monday, 71 degrees and lots of clouds. According to the Tarrant Regional Water District, most Mansfield sprinkler controllers can remain in the off position this week, as there's a good chance of rain on Wednesday and Thursday. If you have a recommendation for a quarter inch, keep the controller off and use a rain gauge to see if your lawn receives it naturally. If not, consider running your sprinklers over the upcoming weekend. You can always view a map of watering recommendations for North Texas at waterisawesome.com Congratulations to Tracy Lorden, who was the first person to email the correct answer to last week's trivia question. Which Mansfield Park is the oldest, and when did it open? According to the Mansfield Parks and Rec website, built in 1960 by a citizens group, the Julian Field Park is the oldest park in Mansfield. The park was named after one of Mansfield's original founders, Julian Field. Serenity Gardens was added in 2001 during a park renovation as a quiet place for reflection and remembering loved ones. Tracy has won a $25 gift card to Big D Barbecue. After the break, this week's Trivia Question of the Week. I'm Colleen Daniel, and this is About Mansfield.
9: Your logo or emblem defines who you are. So why not show it off with custom printed shirts? I'm Dana Wood with Ohana Screen Printing. We are a custom screen printing company and can print your design or help you create a new design. While t-shirts are our specialty, we can print on all kinds of apparel such as masks, hoodies, bags, you name it. Ohana means family and that's exactly why we started Ohana Screen Printing to bring our family and community together through creative expression. We look forward to adding you to our family. Rest assured that when you do business with ohana screen printing that your dollars stay local as we are a family-owned business based right here in mansfield if you're part of a business organization or sports team looking to make a visual presence hit us up on facebook or ohana screenprinting.com that's ohana screenprinting.com paid political ad by the vonwin jones
4: campaign hello i'm vonwin jones i came to the u.s back in 1990 and have loved living here in texas And in 2018, I proudly became a U.S. citizen to better invest in my home. Serving in the State Guard and working as an EMT has taught me, we face many challenges. And yet there are many ways we can work together to bring about positive change for everyone. So now I'm running for City Council in beautiful Mansfield, Texas, my home for the last 18 years. I'm Vaughn Wynn-Jones. Come join us at HelpMansfieldThrive.org. That's HelpMansfieldThrive.org.
5: Hey Mansfield, did you know cannabis is legal in Texas? I'm Sonia Salazar, co owner of Wise Wellness. As cannabis educators and advocates, we can answer any questions you have regarding hemp derived CBD. Wise Wellness carries a variety of products, including oils, topicals, edibles, and pet products. We are located on FM 157 beside Mansfield Fun Jewelry. As a thank you to the About Mansfield podcast listeners, we are offering a buy one, get one free special on select products. Just mention the podcast at checkout. Follow us on social media for our latest updates. Search for Wise Wellness. That's Wise, W-Y-S-E, wellness on Facebook and Instagram. See you soon.
0: It's time right now for the highly coveted, wildly popular trivia question of the week. The first person to email the correct answer to trivia at aboutmansfield.com will receive a $25 gift card to Big D Barbecue. They are pumping out smoked tender meats and a unique organic sauce paired with local craft beers. They've been doing it since 2013. You can find them next to the railroad tracks at 226 North Walnut Creek Drive, right here in Mansfield. And you can find them on the internet at bigdbarbecue.com. Let's get to this week's question, Colleen.
1: Well, Steve, many longtime Mansfield residents have fond memories of the Cowbell Arena, which was located where Legacy High School now sits. The arena was established in 1958, and the Cowbell Indoor Rodeo opened in 1959 with year-round events every Saturday night. This week's trivia question is Who established the Cowbell Indoor Rodeo? Email your answer to trivia at aboutmansfield.com Again, who established the Cowbell Indoor Rodeo? Good luck, and thanks to Jordy at Big D for the gift card. Coming up after the break, Steve talks one-on-one in studio with Mansfield resident Sarah Zink. Stay with us, I'm Colleen Daniel and this is About Mansfield. Hi, I'm Carmen McMillan, Executive Director of Mansfield Mission Center, inviting
5: you to make our thrift store your one-stop for shopping, donating, and volunteering. When neighbors buy your donations, the proceeds help other Mansfield neighbors in need with free services including financial assistance, employment help, food, medical, dental, and vision care. Voted Best Thrift Store in 2019 by Living Magazine, the Mansfield Mission Center Thrift Store is located at Broad and Walnut Creek. For more details, visit our website at Mansfield. Mansfieldmission.org. That's Mansfieldmission.org.
0: Welcome back to About Mansfield. I'm Steve Casillo, making the transition from news to talk. And this is now part two of our interview with Mansfield resident Sarah Zink. In this episode, we're gonna hear keeping Mansfield beautiful, human communication, and getting a tattoo, or maybe several. Oh, we're going to have some fun in this one. We present part two of Sarah Zinc. And if I recall, there's, as you drive around some of the major streets in Mansfield, you'll see the signs that are sponsored. This, this street is sponsored by...
7: Oh my
6: goodness, and, yeah. And
0: it, but there's a sign right below it that says, keep Mansfield beautiful.
6: And, yeah, there's a story behind that. And okay. I was demonized pretty hard for that. Oh, really? Because when people used to clean up the streets, they got those signs and they didn't pay anything for them. And so there was all this free advertising for all these groups and businesses, and not half of them, not a third of them actually claimed. And so one of the things from a sustainability perspective was I believed that there needed to be a nominal fee for getting your name on this sign and right. having the sign installed, and you got this visibility and we promoted it, blah, blah, blah. So, the nominal fee was $120 for two years, and then $40 a year after that. That's, and pretty, basically, that's pretty nominal. I don't know. I, well, I mean, basically, I was trying to make make it break even. So, we had a sign made, city people put it up, you got all the supplies and whatever, and we're just trying to spread spread the expenses. And so, uh, yeah, I was demonized pretty hard that I was paying, that I was making people pay to volunteer. And I'm like, no, I'm making businesses pay to have their name put up there. Yeah. For a volunteer. You can go clean up the street any day of the week you want to. And I'm, we're not going to charge you for that. But uh, I would like to say that when we started, it was only about 76% of the streets that were available were taken. And when I left, it was, um, almost 100%. Yeah, I
0: think because I've, I have looked into yeah. purchasing one of those signs. I think there were only about three or four veils yeah. um, with, with the recording studio I wanted. And there's one right available right the on the one on over
6: a, the bridge right on here on Heritage Parkway. And see, that's, that's perfect. And I
0: thought, oh. podcast Mansfield recording studio <laughs> right there. Buy my business. Yeah. How cool would that... And, yeah. and and you're right. $120 a year is...
6: And is, you only have to clean three times a year. Wait,
0: but, I have to clean?
6: Yeah. yeah, no. That's right. Wait, I have to do something? No.
0: The thing, actually, the thing that stopped me on the application was you have to add a second person who is in charge. So you, you say, all right, who is the principal, which would be me, and who would be the co-principal? Your
6: wife. I don't have... Oh, a, oh right, because Maria wouldn't support I'm you. I'm a solopreneur. A solopreneur. Yes. I'm an ego. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about me, baby. So so, <laughs> so I, put your middle name. So put your put your first name and last then, name, then your middle name and last name. And then I
0: thought, well, wait a second. I I have to clean. I have to go pick up. <laughs> you know, it's then- so
6: astonishing. There actually are a few people. There was one person who was, and I literally will not name the name, but there was one person who I was like the devil because Uh-oh. I wouldn't let them hire someone to clean, <laughs> and I'm like. Yeah, no, because then you're extending the city's liability to somebody else. <laughs> gotcha. So you know, it, it, it's it's funny the things that come up that you think are going to be super simple that end up being not.
0: Did you ever? Were you ever a, a fan of Seinfeld?
6: I don't watch TV as a rule, but I've oh, seen a okay. few of the
0: of the, there, okay. the... Kramer. Oh yeah, Kramer actually bought. I, I don't remember the the entire. Is he context. the Serenity
6: now guy? Uh, tall.
0: Tall. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So he uh, he he bought a freeway sign saying the next two miles is uh, uh, brought to you by and and it was Kramer's name, right? Okay. So Kramer decided to go out in the middle of the night and repaint the lanes. He goes, you know, I, if. <laughs>
6: My two miles, these are my two miles. My my two God, they're going the way I want, <laughs> you know. Something like that would just not surprise people. Just again, human behavior. So it just I'm, gets I'm thinking on well.
0: adding a third lane there to, you go. to Heritage Parkway,
6: or make it glittery, Ooh. or make it like match your logo. There that you two go. miles, those, those stripes got in the middle of the night and paint them your logo colors.
0: Keep Heritage Parkway beautiful.
6: And if anyone holds me accountable for, that, <laughs> <laughs> I was just kidding, sure. that was said in jest. <laughs>
0: What else have you done here? Consultant of agility and innovation. What are all these (laughs) titles? Um,
6: So they're just... Okay, so let me just break this down. It's all a fancy way of saying I teach communication, behavior, and time management. Yes. Now... It's like baking a cake or baking biscuits. It's just depending on the proportions, right? So it's the same ingredients to make cake as it is to make biscuits. It just depends on what the... Or bread. It just depends on what quantity of ingredients you use. So anything that happens in the workplace is basically, are you communicating well? Are you playing well with others? And are you managing your time well? But when we talk about agility and innovation, it's essentially, are you willing to, what are you willing to think differently about? Because in a lot of companies, what ends up happening is the mantra, the way we've always done it takes ownership, Mm -hmm. which means we've always done it. I'll give you a perfect example of agility and innovation actually, maybe not a perfect example, but it's one that sticks out in my mind. An example. An example. A company I went to consult with up in northern part of the U.S., one of the things we were talking about is the way we've always done it, thinking. And I asked them about a certain process that I had observed where there was an entire room with four-door filing cabinets with a dedicated person who was filing this third form from a triplicate form Mm -hmm. that they used. And I said, well, let's talk about that. How long have you been doing that? Oh, X, Y number of years. And I said, why do you do that? Well, we do that because it's required. Are you sure? When's the last time you checked? Well, that's that's just the way we've always done it. (laughs) Well, who requires the form? Well, you know, we went through all the regulating body questions. Turns out they'd been doing it for three years past the time it was required.
0: That's when the change champion comes in and says... <laughs>
6: yeah. no. You know, honestly, I just didn't even take them on as a client <laughs> yeah. because I'm just like, you You need... I mean, but, but the point of it is, yeah. agility is about what are you willing to think differently about. And these principles that apply in business apply to your life. I mean, uh, that's why I got a master coach certification last year is because, mm-hmm. y- you know... Th- we tend to think of things in a linear fashion. Well, it's always been this way, and this is the way we've done it. This is the story about how we bake cakes or bake turkeys, right? We always cut the top off, and well, why do we cut the top of the turkey off? Well, because my mom did it. Well, why did mom do it? Well, we go ask grandma, and grandma says they did it because they needed it to fit in the pan, and we've been doing it because we thought you had to. So life's like that too. So
0: one of my best friends, he he lives in in Oregon is a communications specialist. I actually met him as my speech teacher in college. Oh, nice. And we became we became very good friends just because speech is the number one hated subject on college campuses nationwide.
6: And I don't know why.
0: Speech, or public speaking as they call right. it now, was my favorite. Oh. And he and I became really good friends as a result of taking two of his courses. Later, he became a business consultant and communication specialist. He says the the number one thing that he does with businesses uh, on the onset is you take people out of their comfort zone. Absolutely. When he goes into a packed elevator, everybody is standing facing the door.
6: <laughs> What's he that goes, about?
0: He goes in. And faces the back wall.
6: And people feel very uncomfortable about that. Oh,
0: yeah. What's wrong with this guy?
6: Why is he staring at us?
0: Right. Well, and to
6: the the thing about speech, I said, I don't understand why people hate speech, but here's the truth of why people hate speech. And here's the truth about why people feel so self-conscious when they walk in a room. When you hear someone give a speech, what do you do? What does the average person do when you hear someone give a speech?
0: Oh, I have to listen to a speech.
6: Well, you critique it? it. Oh, did you hear what he said? Oh, man. And you critique it. Well, so we don't want to get up and talk. Why don't well, we feel awkward walking into a room? Because when someone walks into a room, the first thing we do is evaluate them. And we don't want to be. So basically, we're just not wanting to get up and speak because of how we treat other people.
0: But see, as a public speaker, which you and I both are, the first thing I do is, yes, I am critiquing them. I'm counting the uh, the numbers of ums, I, and oh, I never first went
6: through... thing I do. I literally ha- i've I've jotted it down before,
0: <laughs> and I never went through Toastmasters. I mm. but I, I'm well aware of pauses are okay,
6: but pauses make people uncomfortable. See, this is the thing when you're communicating with someone, at, um is called a filler, yes, and so when people, it's a also a form of submissive language, and people don't think about that um, kind of, maybe. It's what we use to fill those dead spaces, because for us, silence indicates one of two things. Either I don't know what I'm talking about, or I don't know what to say, or it creates, it's a perfect tool in negotiation because it creates pressure like that. absolutely. (laughs) And so people are kind of feeling awkward and anxious about it. So yes, you and I observe, and honestly, I I do the same thing you said is, Oh, I got to listen to somebody talk because sometimes it's painful. Oh yeah. Yeah. And you know, you know what they mean to say or what they're trying to say. And you just want to kind (laughs) of help.
0: One of the most powerful speakers I've ever seen in person, Maya Angelou.
6: Oh, yeah. oh my gosh! She owns it. Yeah, yes. she well owned that, it. I should say she owned it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, and I think it was because, in any circumstance, when you are comfortable with what you have to say, I don't need to use fancy words. I don't need to impress you with eloquent. Uh, Phrases of speech or language, or I can passionately talk to you about this pencil, right? Because I I passionately believe this is the best pencil. This is the best hand sanitizer I've ever seen in my entire life. Just look at it glisten in the light. I mean, but what ends (laughs) up, we feel so insecure about what it is we have to say. And again, this is why when you think about, again, back to what I do for a living or what I do, when I was coaching people, communication, behavior, and time management. If you can get those three things in your life in order, you will have it going on. In case in case you guys are wondering, we were playing a game of chicken to see who was going to speak first. And it was you. <laughs> and it was me. <clears throat> I lost. I lost. Tell me about your tattoos. Oh my gosh. Yes. I, I'm covered. Okay. So I literally am covered. So um, long story long, I got my first tattoo when I was 40. And of course, growing up Southern Baptist and being a woman and... You know, the whole stigma about tattoos, right? I really thought long and hard about what I wanted. And so, back to the Larry Zink uh, story, Uh, Larry really uh, made a huge, monstrously positive difference in my life. And there's that moment in your life when someone loves you for who you are, not who they want you to be, not what they want out of you, none of that. They just love you. And it created in me a whole new sense of identity. And so, at 40, I wanted a tattoo to represent that new being, that new state of being. So I got a butterfly. Now, now the thing to know is I weighed about 315 pounds when I got that butterfly. So when I lost a hundred and some odd pounds, that beautiful butterfly turned into a black moth. Oh, no. And it was not, I mean, I hated it every time I looked at it. And so a friend of mine Her husband did tattooing and he actually came to the house and he just transformed that black moth into, uh, at the time I was so happy uh, with this butterfly and it went up on my shoulder. And then there's something about tattoos... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> just you know, it's like Lay's potato chips. You can't you, just you eat can't one. Eat just you can't one. just have no, one tattoo. Especially, especially
0: the ruffled ones.
6: Especially the ruffled ones. Yes. That's right. Uh, I'm a barbecue. Okay, but still, same same concept. Mm-hmm. So, uh, what started as a uh, I call it fluffing. What started as fluffing or refreshing my black moth uh, ended up being my entire right shoulder. And my entire back. But for me, now I will say, I'm the, there's all sorts of tattoo clients. I'm the kind that everything has to mean something. Oh, yeah. And so yeah. everything that I have means something. Um, but after a few years, the tattoos kind of start aging and colors, ink, colors get better. So of course, tattoos 50 years ago faded real quick. Tattoos 30 years ago faded less quickly. I don't have any black tattoos. They're all color. And so color has gotten so much better that I went to, um, back when Sparrows first got here, Mm -hmm. I went to Sparrows and had some tattoo freshing uh, done, some work done on my ankles. But when uh, Mansfield Tattoo, Eddie Phillips, the guru. Shout out to had, Eddie. I, I just got to say, sh- shout out to Eddie Phillips and Mansfield Tattoo. I mean, just magical place. Magical. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to him and he trans- literally transformed the work that I had had done previously and added to. I got uh, some butterflies and and some stuff, but yeah, everything means something.
0: So describe some of the oh. tattoos that you have and and which one is your favorite.
6: My current favorite, (laughs) so uh, my current favorite is my uh, uh, dragon with a peacock tail. That uh, for me is 2020. Okay. And um, we just finished that, uh, I think right before Christmas, actually. So I went to Eddie and I love dragons, Mm -hmm. but I hate their tails and I love peacocks, but the peacock body looks like a pheasant to me. Yeah. It just oh, yeah. looks yeah. I think of the partridge. The family. little head, head yeah. thing I, and so I went to Eddie with these two gorgeous pictures of a fabulous peacock and a tail and a fabulous dragon and I said, I need this. Because for me, dragons are longevity, their power, their strength. Peacocks are beauty, wisdom, longevity, um, uh, compassion, which is something I definitely learned in 2020. And so, there's
0: a lot of ego in a peacock, though, especially when they, they put their plume out. I don't and, disagree.
6: Okay. I don't disagree. But you'll but, notice mine is not. out. But yours is but not mine out. Is, mine is just kind of hanging out there. So <laughs> so, I went so to yours Eddie. is
0: yours is a modest peacock.
6: Mine is a modest
0: peacock. Okay, that's right. I'm sorry to interrupt.
6: No. So <laughs> your show you can kind of do whatever you want, really. You can make me sound like Mickey Mouse or mute me, so you can do whatever you like, right? Mm-hmm. So anyway, Eddie drew it up and I actually bought his sketch. I, I not just don't I don't just have the tattoo, I actually have the artwork. He was nice. gracious enough to sell that to me. This was um three six hour sessions. Mm. And and so what I uh, for anybody who's even going to think, pl- I, I just want to give you a hint. Do not go up to anybody that you see with a tattoo and say, "Did it hurt?" We beg you. Anybody with a tattoo is begging you right now. Never say that again. Instead, say, "Love the tattoo." What does it mean for you? Or what made you get that tattoo? Or oh, that's cool. Where did you get it? Because you know what? Here's the answer to "Did it hurt?" Yeah. It. ...is a needle attached to a motor. So it does not feel like it was licked on by kittens. <laughs> <Okay>? <laughs> if it was, it was licked on by kittens with razor-sharp tongues covered in acid with an electric shock thrown in every now and then. Now, I know some people don't have pain, but I will tell you... <sighs> It's a needle attached to a motor. Now Eddie has the lightest hand of anybody who's ever done a tattoo, but it's still it's a needle attached to a motor. So stop asking if it hurts.
0: <laughs> well, and that's funny because I was playing. Oh on. my gosh. But, I
6: would have jumped okay, up out of Okay, because I chair. have
0: I have no piercings, I have no tattoos. So you know, I have I have nothing to base.
6: It's that. a needle attached to a motor. To no a motor. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on. Seriously. <clears throat> All right.
0: So, are there any more tattoos in your future?
6: Oh, gosh. You know, it's kind of funny you ask that. Um, we're going to be moving out of the area in a, a few months, and, and I'm trying to figure out, okay, is there a tattoo that will represent the next phase? Is there a tattoo you know, that would represent what I want to remember or what, because for me, some people will see a cute little design and go, Oh, I love that. Oh, and I have this space available. I'm, I'm not that person that it, it really, it helps me endure the pain Yeah. for it to be meaningful. So I, I would love to figure out what would be the next tattoo that I could get done before we go. But I can't answer that question. My favorite right. one, of course, is right. uh, the, we, we can't decide whether we're going to call it the, the drag cock or the pea dragon, you know, mixing dragon and right. peacock. So I think neither. I think I'm just going to say dragon with a peacock tail forever.
0: <laughs> the the dragcock sounds cool.
6: Dragcock, yeah. yeah. Of course, that was Mary Elizabeth's so, favorite.
0: So you've, you've booked a six-hour session with, with Eddie. I, I is, is there maybe a little uh, imbibing to take the edge off before well, you go? As far as in?
6: Eddie's concerned, no. No. No, you can't drink and get a tattoo. So I would never confess in public that I had ever imbibed any kind of alcohol of any kind within a few hours of having the tattoo done. Now, you should be grateful that I am not Pinocchio or you would be dead right now. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, um, technically, you, you really uh, you should not drink the night before cuz it literally thins your blood and you'll bleed oh, like crazy yes. and you you can't Uh, Drink while you're getting a tattoo. So uh, I refuse to answer that question on the grounds that it'll incriminate me.
0: Oh, pleading (laughs) the fifth. We are talking with the heavily tattooed Sarah Zink. Please join us next week as we say farewell to an old friend, soon to be an expat. Also coming up next week on About Mansfield, it's Mansfield News Talk and Information. The show will be released on Wednesday, March 31st. Until then, don't forget to follow this podcast if you haven't already, so you never miss an episode. It's free and it's easy. Just go to our website, aboutmansfield.com and enter your email address. We will never send you any spam. We promise.
1: About Mansfield is recorded at Podcast Mansfield Recording Studio. Hosts, Steve Casillo and Colleen Daniel. Reporters, Stacey Main and Dennis Webb. Moment with the Mayor feature, Michael Evans. School Board Recap, Courtney Lackey Wilson. Home Improvement feature, Terry Radswin. Cocktail of the Week feature, Brian Certain sports tommy cummings post-production editing mixing and mastering steve casillo
0: we thank you all for listening on behalf of the entire news team i'm steve casillo and this is about mansfield